All right, welcome to the brand new music podcast right behind us, hosted by Brandon Daniel. That's me of the band Beatty and the Sheiks out of Seattle, Washington. Um, we have a unique concept for our podcast is to bring you conversations with um, contemporary recording artists, the kind of conversations that uh, we as musicians get to have when we're hanging out backstage or at barbecues, outside the venue, or in a, even in our own living rooms. These kind of conversations I found rarely leave those comfortable settings. Uh, something about artists and, and just being private, I think. But um, I thought, I can do that. I can get in there and, and have these conversations and bring them to a podcast. So that's what we're doing here. And this is a few episodes in we are now. Um, but this actually, today's conversation happens to be the first podcast conversation I ever did. What happened was I was driving to Portland on a Sunday morning and on Sunday evening I returned home on Monday morning I woke up and I thought I gotta do this and I called Nate Krause our guest today and booked some time with him that afternoon so I did this one interview on just a single microphone so you'll probably be able to pick that up a little bit as compared to the other episodes where you know we have our own microphones uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wrote out some questions and, and thought I'd get started, but you know, it turned out well, I think. You, know, you be the judge. But Nate, uh, who I'm interviewing today, he's actually in uh, my band, Beatty and the Sheiks. He's the one playing keys on this opening track, In Light. Uh, but he has his own group and, and did well before we brought him in the, uh, our band. His band is called Detective Agency. He does uh, a bulk of the writing for that group, and he's a fantastic musician and a brilliant guy. One of my favorite musicians in town, which is why I um, asked him to be in my group. But he has you know, a unique mind, so I'm really excited to uh, bring you this conversation with him. Again, it was my first one ever, and uh, it's a little different from the others in that way. Before we talk to Nate, I need to tell you about our sponsor today, Blumenstein Audio. Check out Blumenstein Audio for the ultimate fidelity single driver speakers and audio accessories for music lovers. Since 2006, Blumenstein Audio has handcrafted their fine line of speakers in Washington State out of bamboo and birch woods. They've received wonderful reviews from publications like Tone Audio, and they've sold speakers to every continent. That's right, even Antarctica. Get a 10% discount on Blumenstein's fine products just for being a listener of this podcast. That's right, just enter the promo code BD for Brandon Daniel on checkout at Blumenstein Audio. That's B-L-U-M-E-N-S-T-E-I-N audio.com and, uh, and get yourself some, some Orca Mini speakers or check out their new subwoofer. Get both of them, and you'll be even happier. All right, let's talk to Nate. So, Are you gonna do an introduction? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This is just okay. a conversation. Okay, we're just diving introduction in. already done. Okay. At this point, as far yeah. as the people listening go, that's yeah. that's totally already out there. It's done. Yeah, I called you a lot of bad things. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, Nate Kraus. Yep. Nate Cruz. Yep. Nate Cruz in Beating the Sheets. Nate Cruz in Beating the Sheets. Officially. In bands, it seems like in print. In print. Yeah, they've taken up. Yeah, I know because people, I guess, just use Facebook names as real names now. Has it been printed in, uh, in uh, like, for Detective Agency? Mm-hmm. Like in, in Yeah, Detective Agency, BD, mm-hmm. The Stranger, and the Seattle Weekly, like a couple blog-type things. Yeah, well, you know they can't... Which is get, fun. You know it's, they can't get my name right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We had to go with BD. Uh-huh. Yeah, well... Uh, so Detective it's Agency... Detective Agency is your group, and, and, and just... Put it out there. So Meaning that's, yeah, you're not in it. 
It's the so, it's the one I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, what, we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, and definitely. We, we write together mm-hmm. in, on, on some level. Yeah. And we uh, understand each other more than most people should understand each yeah. other. Yeah, but we're very close. We're like brothers. That's right. Point. But I don't know what it's like for you when mm-hmm. you write. We actually yeah. don't talk about that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. We've for, never talked about that. Yeah, I mean, we'd, you know, we'll touch on it here and there, but... Yeah. Not... And I honestly, I've, I've gotten to have much better conversations mm-hmm. than with other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, uh, you know, you have to do, sometimes you have to do the pod, that's where the podcast comes in then. That's right. For those who so. don't know, um, when did you start playing? With Detective Agency or no. just in general? No, no, like when you, um, way back. Well, way, oh. way back, like fifth grade was piano lessons, and then it was just like art school after that so like French horn and piano for three years and then it was my first band was Beware the Ides of March I think it was that or also it was mm-hmm. my, yeah I think it was Beware the Ides of March and it was like a screamo band and that's the first time like I like sang Shut but up. I was like really? sweet. yeah it was total I, I, played I didn't and, know that yeah um, it was me and my friend Jason Mullenbrock and our friend TJ who would wear the motorcycle uh, drum things uh-huh. which was really funny uh, yeah, and it was kind of like a screamo emo band. Oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah. But what it, what was your? Do you remember your first song? Um, yes, the first song that I really wrote like lyrics and chords to was a song called Lillian, and that I really didn't do until later. Like I really didn't write start writing songs until after high school. We wrote like I write a little bit, but I would be writing parts for other bands that I was in and it wasn't like I didn't really start writing lyrics and stuff until after like I took a creative writing class in high school really? and that's when I was like you know what like it would be fun to combine these two like right. let's do that and then also just learning how to write like rock and roll songs rather than yeah like because when you grow up playing like learning classical it really doesn't enter like you can't until you start listening to bands like it's still weird making that connection. Like, I can play this classical song and, like, read the notes. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how to write, like, a three-chord, like, song. It would just, like, never occur. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's actually really easy. And since I already had that, it was yeah. like, oh, like, this whole kind of, like, That's world. so bizarre that you yeah. went, like, that long. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? Uh, like, eight, eight years of playing without yeah. writing? yeah. Yeah, without intentionally writing. Like I said, it was like in high school bands where I would play. High school, like what age? Uh, I think, like the one screamo band was like uh, freshman, sophomore year. And then I was in a band called Riley. That was a little more like indie rock, Uh classic rock. Uh And this is the time. And that's probably when I, that's actually the first songs that I wrote. Okay. But there was like two of them. Okay. So, well, I but it was like, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that experience. Yeah. I mean, I I I sailed through high school with like eight songs total mm-hmm. by senior year. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was like I always a lot mm-hmm. of attempts. Yeah. And just a couple of songs a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But see, yeah, at least you're like attempting. Like it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. It's was funny because like it. Yeah. Which I did later. It's like the sitting down, and that's why I said the first song that I really wrote that I remember like, writing and going through the process of, like, sitting down and playing the chords and kind of, like, the words and the chords, like, kind of come together at the same time. Yeah. And I wrote it, and this is an interesting thing about songwriting, too, for me. Like, I wrote it after reading this book about Lillian Hellman uh-huh. and how she, in World War II, she took a train into Germany to try to deliver, um, like, these plans for the Allies. And it was really scary because she was in, like, Nazi territory and so the song is like kind of like a letter to her saying like, "Listen, you don't have to do this." Like, no way. Awesome. Yeah. This is um, how. Old? This is like I was living with my mom in Klamath Falls. I was probably it was like twenty, one twenty, maybe twenty one. Oh, okay. I forget if it was right after the first time I'd gone up to Bellingham. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, yeah. So it was kind of like the first one, and that's when I realized that is like a lot of the times when I write songs and songs that I think are good for me. Yeah. It's because I've been in taking something. Like, totally. I've, been, I've watched, like, a cool show, or I've been listening to, like, a new band that I'm really into. Observing or, people. Yeah, and definitely, like, with books and stuff. And, yeah. like, it'll kind of, people talk about, like, inspiration. 
It's but it really is flow. like, yeah, it's just like you take in stuff and then you like... Exactly. It comes out. It just happened to me. Yeah. It just happened to me like last week. Thanks. Where I was bored for like mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. And then just started coming. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. It's just like... And in 20, it's interesting too that you, you chose uh, topics just to relate like around 20, you know, because um, uh, I would say that's, that's pretty much borderline topical. You yeah. know, that, yeah, that inspiration the, of, you mm-hmm. know, the, the book and everything. And, yeah. and I was totally doing yeah. that at that exact same age. I was like, yeah, I want to write more. And, mm. and I, and I got, I'm not old enough yeah, totally. you don't <laughs> to have, have more to write about. Yeah. So I started like exactly. you choosing don't fictional be, stories yeah. mm-hmm. and, and themes like. Mm-hmm. Things that was and yeah, and like you certain like you kind of like learn about like Bob Dylan and like right. them yeah. like lear- writing about people and then kind of like taking yeah. a step back and be like, oh wait, I can do that too. Like I can just pick a thing that was and like write like a little try and write a little song about it, and it might be yeah. stupid and you might never ever listen to it again. But it's just like the practice of like. Did you get into Dylan at twenty? No, I didn't. No, I yeah. I mean, I had like a um, I had blood on the tracks. Mm-hmm. Which I really liked. Mm-hmm. My mom had it, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, like slightly, but not. No, I wasn't like super. Like I hadn't listened to a ton of his like back catalog. So that, I like you know I've heard like the four or five. So that wasn't like, a major source of inspiration. I no, mean, I I I was nineteen. I read honestly. I read his uh, not autobiography that wasn't even out yet. His mm-hmm. just like the quintessential biography. I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's a big white book. I read that thing front to back. It wasn't until like three quarters into it that I'm like, oh, I need to buy some Bob Dylan, you know? And at <laughs> yeah. that time, still CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got like the quintessential Bob Dylan or whatever it was, the essential mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. Uh, and and I got way in that. And that really informed, yeah. like you're talking about, yeah. lyrically. Well, and that's what I think it's good because I think when you get older, like you, st- you talk about all these people, but you forget that maybe you haven't actually heard all their albums. And you spend more time mm-hmm. talking about them than mm-hmm. you do actually listening to the music. And it's oh like, God, there's a ton totally. of Bob Dylan, like, dude, like, I should, I should totally go and get all of them and just, like, listen to them, because... Yeah. And then you, like, have new music, and I'm like, man, I always put on, like, the same records. Well, but. especially in those times of boredom. Mm-hmm. That's the time to devour. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah uh, exactly. And you still do it the same way, like, when you're 17, like, you can mm-hmm. still... When you're just not, not like actively listening, rather than just, oh, I'm going to put on this record that I've heard. Do you, do you find that you need, like... Cause you, I, I know for a fact that our brains work differently. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, do you find that you, you work in silence or do you, or you Captain Obvious? Yeah. All <laughs> different. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of obvious. Yeah. Um, oh, my hair is brown and yours is blonde. <laughs> no disputing that. <laughs> That's a point. No, I mean, I mean that in the, in the best, in the best, like, expansive way yeah. possible. Is you like, mean, like, me and you, like... Yeah, and I think yeah. that's an important fact, you know, of, that's why I'm interested in, in, in these conversations. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we're all inherently interested in these conversations yeah. as musicians, yeah, as people, you know, we just, we're, mm-hmm. we're not really comparing notes. We're just uh, like, you know, what's yeah. what's going on? But, you know, it is, it's like, a lot, if you're two doctors, it's very easy to compare notes, because, you know, like, you know exactly what you're talking, you're like, oh, looking over, like, if you're in a science class, you're kind of forced to, but as songwriters, right. and, like, anybody in a band, even if, like, you're not, like, a super intense, like, songwriter, like, playing, like, anybody in bands, you don't get that much opportunity to actually talk about it. No. Because, like, it's either just with your friends that you always see, and yeah. they're in band with, or you're, like, at a show, and you're kind of like, huh, and then, like, talking about it can be, like, songwriters, I find, don't really like talking about songwriting that much, because you get Oh, well, they're like, going to. Yeah. <laughs> change that. <laughs> yeah, and you like, but you have to, like, draw it out of them a little bit. You and, do. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's because it's more of a, like, if you're talking about a car, it's like, you didn't invent cars, you didn't make the car, you can talk about all you want, but if it's, you're talking about your songs, they're kind of... Like they're your babies, so totally, and 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 I feel like the uh, I, uh, maybe another reason too is just vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It, it's not so much that people are afraid of giving away their trade secrets. Yeah, because I really feel like by and large we don't have those, and if mm-hmm. you do think you have them, it's like yeah. you're disillusioned. Yeah, totally. They yeah. are all the <laughs> secrets have been figured out. They're online. Go read a couple books about. Like, <laughs> yeah. You There's can't. a couple licks that you figure out and you got yourself. Well, it's like the comedians always say, like, why are there uh, 
why are there classes on stand-up comedy? Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's a lot of comedians who feel like, yeah. uh, you know, you you got to learn it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you can't, it's kind of like the school that uh, we come from in the garage scene where it's like, most people aren't like you and they just yeah, learn to play their instrument. Yeah, definitely. And they it's, did it on their own. Yeah. And they suck at it until they're good. Yeah, totally. But they have like the energy and there's, it's fun yeah. and there's like a reason. Well, that's another thing that I, I, I think is interesting with you is that you don't, um, <laughs> you don't come from the school that most of the people that are in you know, the garage scene, mm-hmm. if we'll call it that, we yeah. call it garage scene, indie scene, yeah. whatever. You, yeah. you don't come from that, that school at all. Yeah. Yet, you can kill it at that. Yeah. And you're very comfortable. You're not, and you never, I know it's not a part of your personality, but you, you never uh, deprecate anyone else about it. Yeah. You about, never look down on people mm-hmm. for not being able to play as well as you. Yeah, totally. What's up Thanks. with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's just, Like, I mean, it's just, you get, like, the really good energy, and it's never a good idea to be, like, if I was going to do that, like, I would just remove myself from the situation. I don't want to be the guy that comes in and party and is like, oh, you're not, like, playing that song, right? Give me the guitar. Like, that's a C minor instead of a blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't, but you don't, like, you don't uh, tell, you don't, a lot of musicians that were classically trained like you, I guess mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say, is yeah. like they, they uh, tend to... Uh, be attracted to musicians that have been yeah. trained like that. And they'll that. go to like jazz band and play in jazz trios and do all this like dorky stuff. That's like, was it, was it the enjoyment of rock and roll that kept? Yeah, you? definitely. And that's the thing. It's like, you really, I, once you know, once you like have all the theory, once you know, like a basic understanding theory or like a good, like a really, even despite all the theory, it's still the visceral effect of music that is the most important and the most exciting. Yeah. And you get someone like David Bowie who uses like all the chords in the the book, all of in the bag, like uh-huh. all the different like he's actually pretty technical and the songs are pretty intricate. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of it's also just like a R and B baseline. Yeah. And it's like that's the best is when it kind of comes together because there's a lot right. of bands that are super grouchy. It's like oh this is fun. You listen to it for five minutes. It's like okay. Well, it gets repetitive. Yeah. And then there's the ones you like that have a little more yeah just going on inside of it. And it's, yeah. It's the combination like. I mean, on the flip side, it's like the Sex Pistols really are not. I think they kind of suck. <laughs> They're like the bad example of that. Uh-huh. And then you have a band like The Clash, who is just so much more advanced musically but they still have that exact same spirit this exact same aesthetic but it's like being more like that and less like I mean I'm not but there's so you can even be like but also the things people talk about the Sex Pistols and I don't know why I started talking about the Sex Pistols Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you didn't know how to play baseball, blah, blah, blah. but when you listen to the records, they're still like playing. You they know, you good. still have to have a decent like amount of skills. They it's sound like good. How much... Yeah, there's there's not there's not a lot to like mm-hmm. dispute about it. It's so simple that it's great. I mean, yeah. it. I mean, for for me, I'm uh, never a big uh, like Sex Pistols fan. Never mm-hmm. bought the album. Worked in a yeah. CD store. Had plenty of opportunities yeah. to, but I didn't. And, uh, but I have no problem when that thing comes on. The yeah. Radio, when it comes on, just enjoying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the depths to which you would yeah. judge them, you know? Yeah. And but, I mean, that's kind of getting away from the main point, but it's exactly. just, yeah, it's just not, one just don't, yeah, it's just not like judging, like, well, or, I you know, like it's just not being a dick about knowing, like. I've always been really complimented. I guess I don't like it. Yeah. Well, since you've been in the group, like mm-hmm. I, I found it, it's a huge compliment when you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, that's a smart chord progression." Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like, really? <laughs> like, yes. Because I'm trying to keep yeah. it so simple, uh-huh. like intentionally, that yeah. when you're like, with your background, yeah, w- when you're like, "Oh yeah, that's an interesting chord progression," I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it is." Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> yes. The, uh, um, what is, well, I mean, there's certain, you can have basic ones, and this I'll just get, like, a little music nerdy, like, just throwing in, if you have, like, C, F, G, and then you throw in, like, an E major, like, it's technically not in the key of C, and it shouldn't work, but it does, and, like, if you look on, like, Wikipedia, there's, like, <laughs> three paragraphs of trying to explain why it works in, like, jazz terms, and they're like, it's because, oh. like, the fifth is actually related, like, an interval, and it's like... 
okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then just, like, hearing it when you play those four chords, it's like, oh, yeah, that has, like, a weird one. It's like yeah. uh, David Bowie's, um, the one that Nirvana covered live. Oh, yeah, the man who... Sold mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's, like, a C major to E major. And right. it's like that, you can always hear that change, like, in music, like, because it just has... Yeah, we specific, use that all the time. Like, yeah. That's, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it should, like, I didn't normally... Know that that was an obstacle... Like, that was a mathematical obstacle. Yeah, it's because it's technically, you like, E... Like, if you're playing in the key of C major, you'd want to play E minor. If that's what, like, would make more... A lot more sense. Yeah, but, but then it's E just minor is so, like, low and emotive. Yeah, it's like... You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um... I already asked you... I already asked you if, uh, about your first song. I mean, what... What made you want to write, though? Um, really thinking about what, how I wanted to approach music and knowing that I was a really good musician and I was really good at instruments. And it wasn't like... And I knew that I wasn't just born with this thing to, like, write songs and kind right. of be like, you know, right. like, be like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, what would be an interesting way... How could, like, I add on to my current skill... Yeah. And that was, like, adding, like, the lyrics and, like, being, like, okay, I'm going to, like, actually, like, try and do this. I'm, like, I can do it, you know, like, kind of changing my perception of myself and being, like, you know what, I'm going to try and be, like, a singer-songwriter and, like, write songs. And then I started doing it and I was, like, this is awesome. So would you say, like, it was um, out of necessity or it was, like, out of, like, need for your self-esteem? Like, you you mentioned, like, wanting to change yourself for the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even because I think, like, I remember thinking in high school, like, yeah, if I'm really, I'm going to think about doing this, like, as a living, and, like, even if I never make any money on it, I want to be really, really, really good at it. Yeah. And then it got to be, and that's why, like, when even, like, when I first started playing guitar, I was like, oh, metal sucks, like, not metal sucks, but, like, scale suck, and I was kind of, like, like, punting, like, I don't want to do solos. And then a couple years down the line, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try and become, like, a really, really good, like, lead guitar player. Yep. Because, I mean, it's just, like, constantly challenging yourself. You like, like that. You, like, have, you and Tom Biller have that in common. Our like, producer, uh, Tom Biller. Yeah. He's, he has right. that same, uh, he has that same story behind, I think I'm going to really into it, but he yeah. has that same yeah, story behind when he was a kid, uh-huh. and he just, like, wanted to, he just wanted to shred yeah, as 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 great as possible. Yeah, totally. And 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 to show everybody that he uh, could. Yeah, and, and I I mean I love that story yeah. from the both of you. Because it's so it's such a fun. I think what's funny about it is that there's you would not. It's like not wanting to do it because to do it and be like I can do it. It's to like be like, hey, you people that can do it, I can do it. And I don't even care about doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this like egotistical little yeah. kid thing of like. But in a good way, you know, it's all... No, I totally get that. I mean, I can relate. I just just came from a school where it was like um, being, you know, influenced by Nirvana. I knew Mm -hmm. that um, a solo could be incredibly simple. Yeah. And as long as it followed the melodic progression, Mm -hmm. you know, I was good. Yeah. Or... Yeah. I was fine, let's just yeah, say. Yeah, totally. You know, and then not, you learn, you know, there's really such the distinction between, like, a lead guitar and really, like, well, there are those distinctions. But, yeah, like, solos don't have, like, what makes it a solo? You know, like, if you're just hitting one note, like, is that, like, a solo? Is it because you're, like, playing one guitar and you're playing one note? Yeah. Like, or are you just playing, like, a guitar? Like, Interpol. Yeah. Like, you know, I you could say they're from, all guitar solos, but yeah. they're not. Like, if you listen to it, it's not, you know, it's more of the... Uh, I love the the, the, the the simplistic, and I love the complicated. Um, yeah. I'm not a big um, fan of the overly complicated for just the sake yeah. of pl- like playing complicated. Mm-hmm. But whatever, yeah, kind of like going back to what we were talking about was like playing, you know, like... Something happened with your playing where you were able to focus on uh, being able to, to shred on the guitar... Uh, being able to technically shred on the piano. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. technically you can yeah. do that, yeah, and you totally. do that in our yeah. group and do For some sure. weird stuff. And I, um, and, I and it's great. Yeah. But the thing about with the piano, it's like you get people that are so like. I mean, like I am very good at piano, mm-hmm. but then you see someone's like 
really gonna like hose. I don't know. It's such oh, a I feel like we're about you though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah. I know what you're and talking about. And I have about. gotten like, I guess, yeah, I have gotten a lot better panel than I used to be. I will say, I'll admit that. Uh, it was pretty insane when we were recording in at that studio on Sunset in mm-hmm. LA, and I think that was the first time that we realized that you yeah. were the virtuoso right. that you were yeah. at the piano. It yeah, was like cool. you you got on that piano and it was mm-hmm. like a duck to water. Yeah, you're and like, oh, okay. It was like a speed swimming yeah. duck. To water. Yeah, <laughs> and. Well, we use that. Yeah, and it totally goes like what we were saying with like Tom the guitar. Because what happened, like even this like specifically was like a couple years ago. I heard a recording of this blues dude, and like I was playing a little more piano at the time, and he just played a song, and like there were these awesome arpeggios in it, and like Mm -hmm. even before the song, the guy was like, "This is like Charlie Tompkin and the Blues Beaters," like and his like he's going to do some really awesome arpeggios at the beginning. So I heard that, and I was like. I want to do that. So then, you know, for a week, I just, like, really, literally practiced doing, like, arpeggios <laughs> and just, like, got a lot well, better But that's the thing that you didn't want to do when you, remember, you just said, like, yeah, you didn't want to do skills. Yeah, totally. But, but this was earlier on. Mm, well, no, this was just, like, a couple years ago. Oh, this is just It's just, like, the kind of, like, with the guitar being, like, I want, I'm just going to, like, learn how to do really good guitar skills. It's, like, yeah. something to, like, trigger something where I'll want to go learn it on the guitar. And that'll kind of make you an overall better player, or on the piano, or like yeah. you just do... It's like you learn little tricks. Well, you're one of those artists that um, is really good at being hyper-creative. I mean, even when it comes to like your vid- you know, your humorous videos and everything mm-hmm. like that, it, it's clear that your your mind like can't turn off of yeah. creative mode. Yeah, totally. And which is something that I, I, I feel like in a kinship to, but at the same mm-hmm. time, yours is impressive to me. Yeah. And, and um, but I wonder, like, when you write a song now and, and you release mm-hmm. it with Detective Agency, I, yeah. I know it goes through the mill of, mm-hmm. like, hey, is this going to work with the band? Like, yeah, Does this totally. work with them? But by the time that you release a song uh, recorded at Buildings with Aaron... Mm-hmm. Uh, like by the time you release the song through that system, I mean, you have a pretty tight song. Yeah. 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 And I just wonder, like I spend so much time focusing on making tight songs mm-hmm. and you know, we have different systems of doing that in our own group. Yeah. But, um, like how do you create so much? Cause you create so many little blippets mm-hmm. of, of pieces of things all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. How do you create that much all the time and yet create well-rounded, well-written, yeah. like, thought-out songs at the end. Like, yeah. how do you have time for both? Um, I honestly, and this is going to sound like I'm kidding, but I'm not. I just have, you know, I work four days a week. I have a lot of time. Like, and like you said, like, I am kind of like, I can't turn my brain off. So if I'm not, like, hanging out or, like, you know, like, hanging out yeah, with my friends. hang out a lot. Yeah, <laughs> hang out a lot. Like, I'm not doing that, but, like, you know, if I don't work, I'll have six hours of the day, mm-hmm. you know, to do stuff. And, like, I'm always trying to, like, and write. You and, like, there'll be days where I'm like, a, um, again, I saw, read this, like, stranger once about this guy who was like, I'm going to write a song, like, every 365 days. And then, like, I would hear that, like, Jay Riotard, right. like, wrote one of his albums, like, in a day. So, like, I'll just sit down on my, like, phone figure out a couple, like, a chord progression that I like, like, a little line that I like, record yeah. that, throw some drums on it, throw some, like, keyboard on it, figure out something that would go well with that, and then, like, I'll have a garage band demo, you know, done in maybe, like, two or three hours. And if it's really good, if I really like where it's going, then I'll keep working on it and take, you know, two or three days and really refine it into, like, a song, bring, usually, like, bring it into Detective Agency. When do the lyrics come in? Um... After. I'm definitely, like, I write the melody and kind of free, like, you know, like, space maker, like, I like your face, but in case you didn't know, it doesn't matter because I like the snow. <laughs> and that's what's there. And then I'll go back and be like, it's, that's silly. I'm like, yeah. or, you know, kind of shape it more into. So you, 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 uh, you know, I didn't even intend to get into this question mm-hmm. because I hate it. When, like, yeah. radio people ask this question, yeah. I hate it when they ask me. I hate yeah. when they ask everyone else. Yeah. They ask, how do you write your songs? Yeah. Because it's, it's such like a so general difficult. question. Because yes. there's no... There's so many different ways how, that it yeah. happens. So, well, it's like, because... And you would take... It's like, we would have to take this whole conversation that we've just had, and I would be like, here, like, listen to this. 
Like, I can't tell you in five seconds. I think, yeah. do you have, like, a half an hour? And right. then I'll explain to you how I yeah. write the songs. But for you, it is mostly music first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms of, yeah, like, technical, like, really sitting down to write the songs. Um, well, and that's what's funny about that question, too, with the radio, is that you never know, are they talking, like, technically, and not, like, technically, blah, 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 or, like, how do you remember, like, what's your, like, philosophy behind writing songs? Yeah. But, yeah, with writing songs, like, usually... Yeah, lyrics come last. Usually it's like a chord progression or a cool bass line. And then, um, yeah, just filling it in from there. I I like a lot of, uh, like, you'll have a melody, and then you just change the, like, bass note or, like, the chord and keep the melody going the same. Like, it's pretty easy, like... Especially when you play keys. mm -hmm, There's something about... The finger relationship to the keys mm-hmm. that does like mm-hmm. so much easier, yeah, than you do when you're playing guitar or bass. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, totally. Like the <laughs> you're right. I mean, yeah, you just you just go, for for some reason I find when when you are are sitting in front of keys, no matter huh. what they are, that there's just. Mm-hmm. There's a route that your fingers are going to yeah, take. That's that so funny. In relation to yeah, the bass that, that's playing, or, huh. you know, and, mm-hmm. and then you just go. And because I like, I know totally know what you're talking about. I never really thought of it, but yeah, it's like a, it's almost. Yeah, it's like your hand. You like it's not like a rub, but like your fingers. It's like you yo-yo for a really long time. Like your fingers just kind of do that, and like I right. have that way of like. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, it's like your musical uh, like fingerprint, you know. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I can play all different kinds of songs on guitar, but when you hear me play it on guitar, like, you're like, oh, that's, that's like, nice. that style, you know? Yeah. Like, even, like, when we were writing those songs for MTV, um, <laughs> and there was, like, the one song that was like, oh, he'd use this guitar line, and that's like, ah, Nate, guitar line. And so, so like, yeah. you know, you have, and that's what's, you know, like, you have a, every, everybody has it. They have a stamp. They have a voice mm-hmm. yeah. to their style yeah. of their playing. Yeah. And, and the better you get and the longer you do it, the more developed that kind of that, like... That's true. That becomes, you know? The broader. Mm-hmm. But that voice is still there. Yeah. Like, like one, one of my same. favorite quotes is from Johnny Cash mm-hmm. uh, in his autobiography. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was... You know, an artist's limitations as a uh-huh. player yeah. are like the most defining factor of their sound. Yeah. So it's, totally. that's the, to me, that's rooted yeah. in the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, um, I can only do this. And that, yeah. But that also explains why you have people that aren't, that have a lot of limitations, but can write amazing songs. Because really, it is just a limitation. And maybe it's harder and you can't have like the scope and like the breadth, but you know, you have. And it's like the blues guys that can only play like the three like chords, but like they can just put so much inside of those three. Yeah. Well, a lot of the a lot of the good blues that we got to hear from those really really old recordings though are are, are the most amazing players in the mm-hmm. in their region, and that's yeah. why they got selected to come over. Yeah. And let, you know, like mm-hmm. that's the. So I mean, they really were like almost jazz level. Yeah. But they were purposely yeah. keeping it simple. Yeah. So they had that expanded. Um, and, like, we've probably talked about this a little bit, but, like, you see, like, with the Johnny Cash quote, like, at some point, you do put limitations on yourself, or not even, like, limitations, like, you kind of make rules for a song, because at some point, it is, like, this, you have this palette, and it's like, yep. what am I gonna, am I gonna start, like, I know I'm gonna start on a chord, and then just go into another chord, so what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you kind of say, like, I like in this song, I'm only gonna use this, and I'm only gonna use this, like... Yeah. You could even with instruments be like, this is just going to be bass and this is just going to be synth or like, I'm only like yeah. going to use minor chords in this song or something to kind of give it. Yeah, no, it's like, true. Like, this song's going to be in 3-4, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just like picking a thing. It's like the Jack White thing. Like it was like, it was specifically like everything was in threes, like yeah. red, white, and black. Yeah. Like he would only three use chord three songs. chords. Yeah. It's just yeah. like picking that. Which is incredibly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, common practice in the pop world too mm-hmm. I mean yeah and that's the thing it's like there's a reason like I really like avant-garde like weird shit but there's a reason that like the same four chords have been used over and over and over for the past 80 years and it's not because yeah. people are lazy it is because people are lazy but it's also because people really really like the way that sounds and yeah. I could listen to those four chords on repeat all day long and be happy 
You like like listening to, if I can reveal something about Mm -hmm. you, you like listening to Christmas music. I do, a lot. I used to listen to it in the summertime, like when I was barely little. Yeah, all the time. Do you still do that? I do. Uh, No, I don't listen to Christmas music in the summer, but I enjoy, like I wrote a Christmas song, like last, I try every year to write like a Christmas song. Uh Um, And I definitely have, you know, there's some Bing Crosby over there. Uh, we're in my apartment with my records, so I'm looking at them, but you're not looking at them since I'm talking to the third person. People. Anyway. You're good at it. <laughs> Keep going. Um, yeah, no, I totally, yeah, I really like Christmas music a lot. And that's like the thing when I was little, I would listen to Christmas music all the time, and I had, you know, those little, uh, they were about, they were rectangle, and you could record on them. They were little tape recorders. Yeah. I had one of those, and like I would record myself singing Christmas songs oh, into it, and yeah. like jingle bells and stuff. Were you an so, en- Were yeah. you the entertainer of the family? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I find yeah. that's com- we're mm-hmm. both the youngest, mm-hmm. and I think that's a common. Yeah, I think that's threat. a big thing too that people forget is that there's a lot of like you know singers like there's a lot of songwriters and there's a lot of like entertainers and they don't always go hand in hand. No, they don't. I happen to really enjoy being in front of people yeah. and doing you know like theater theatrics and like. I yeah. like the attention, but I mean, I feel for the people like you know, it's like people yeah. would rather die yeah. before public speaking, that kind of. Thing. Or or the the songwriters that that are beautiful songwriters don't want to be mm-hmm. in front of the audience. I yeah. have no relation to that. It was mm-hmm. fascinating. I want to yeah. know about it. Yeah, but uh, but I I, I yeah, yeah, entertain entertainer is mm-hmm. what sparked the need. Yeah, it's that's not like I have you totally right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because yeah, you have to have something. You're gonna show up on stage. You gotta have like a a thing to show them. I mean, it's still right for the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still imagine what yeah. would work. Yeah, totally. What would make people happy? Yeah, get them. Is going? that in your? Is that in your thinking when you're writing? Um. Well, I think, I mean, like, it, yeah, I think it inherently is, but there's definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think that, I think that the, the, um, I, I have to go back to something. I, I think, think it has been more, like, I think I used to do more stuff where it's like, I just, like, need to get something out, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. it and not show it to anybody, but yeah, it is, I mean, for, yeah, for me, it definitely, like, I don't write songs just to, like, Sometimes I do, but I'm not the kind of person that's like writes to like get something out. Like, yeah, I definitely always think in terms of somebody hearing it. Like, yeah. After, which is the entertainer quality. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I just definitely. listened to a, a interview with um, Paul McCartney today, mm-hmm. and he was saying, you know, that's what the Beatles were doing. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. It changed. Like, it evolved mm-hmm. for them, which I think it does. Well, I think it's because it's their relationship with the audience, like, changed and evolved, you know? Like, yeah. Well, that's pretty much what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Not to deadpan yeah. that subject, but... Yeah. No, well, like, but I mean, it's like, you're, like, I mean, their audience, like, grew with them, so they wanted to hear weirder stuff, and they were prepared to do weirder stuff, and you had this great, like, back and forth. Yeah, apparently it was just that horrible touring experience where they mm-hmm. weren't heard, and so they just, like... One the alternative was to yeah. be in the studio. Yeah, because I mean, that's what I mean. When, like, they were so well. One of my favorite Ringo quotes is like, oh, "I couldn't hear myself. I just I felt like I was a shitty drummer. <laughs> we, just, we weren't even like we couldn't hear each other when we were playing." Yeah, that was <laughs> like pretty, yeah, Ringo, you probably were a pretty crappy drummer. We can hear ourselves really well. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, I don't think they had a monitor. Well, I guess they had monitors back then, but they just weren't that good. So talking about the writing, I just want to make one more one more thing about that the mm-hmm. Christmas point. Yeah, yeah. I think <clears throat> that part of your, uh, y- you know, part of your way was naturally affected, mm-hmm. had to be affected by that love for Christmas music. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. wonderful because Christmas music is just like on this class classic way of, mm-hmm. of using chord progressions and using melody yeah. in the most charming way possible. Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel good. Well, and that's what's funny, too, is that just, like, kind of tie it back, is that, again, like, after, you know, like, I would learn, we had, like, the Reader's Family Digest, like, Christmas book, and I would, like, learn the songs on the piano, mm-hmm. and I would, like, like I would sight-read them, and I would play them, and it, I mean, it would take me a while, it wasn't like I was, like, sight-reading like crazy to this Christmas book. 
But it wasn't until way later when I started, like, really thinking about, like, rock, just, like, going back to figuring out how to play, like, rock and roll and playing it on the piano. Yeah. Where I'm like, shit, like, Silent Night is still just C, G, C, G. Right. With a bunch, you know, and, like, you can make it as, you can throw as many little arpeggios and little broke twists inside of there. Right. But it's, you know, even, yeah, it's like a lot of it's still just the same... But I, I think it influenced your sound, you know, in yeah. the best way yeah. like, yeah, possible. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to naturally yeah. go to? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, these things that are majorly appealing Yeah, so there's, like, what you take in when you're younger, you know, like, pre-puberty, like, when your brain's really developing, like, your, yeah, your musical identity is formulating so much by what you take in. Oh, yeah. I think it's All like, you know, like so you're, like, attracted to stuff, so you listen to more of it, and because you're listening to more of it, like it gets in your brain even more and it kind of just like builds up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, well, that's like, they have that theory about, you know, people liking what, uh, they liked at 17 for the rest mm-hmm. of their life because yeah. you're, that's it's like so almost true. the end point of where your, your neurons are firing uh-huh. so heavily yeah. because, uh, of, you know, of your young brain mm-hmm. when it's feeling good things from music. Yeah, totally. It's that very visceral response. Right, right. right. I was listening to a, a, a movie director like saying the same thing about the movies that he loved when he was a mm-hmm. teenager, and like you can't get that, you can't get that boost that that yeah. feeling from. Yeah, which is almost kind of a scary thing because you can't ever. But I think it's okay because you can get really, really close to it. And that's what, like, sometimes, like, I'll hear a new song, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And you have to, like, I'll have to stop myself from just, like, listening to it on repeat for an hour and just burning it out like that. Oh, really? And it's almost, like, gets to the point where, yeah, because you just want, it's, like, the ear candy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, like, the one, like, the Warm Soda record, I would just, like, listen to it so much. And then I'm like, oh, burnt it out, and I can't listen to it again for another two years. Oh, totally. And it's like... Yeah, that, that's very childlike too. Mm-hmm. That's totally what yeah. we did in, yeah. in uh, our teenage years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, although we were more limited thing. because it was all CDs. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, it was Napster. That was a little, little later. That though. would take like half an hour to download. No, the it would. It would. It would, and it was unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't use it a lot, um, but that leads me to a good question. I this is kind of my favorite topic. Mm-hmm. is um, how it makes you feel writing um, like, like think about it like mm-hmm. it's almost manic right you mean like crazy like all like what do you mean by manic I just know that when I'm when I get in not every song mm-hmm. when you get into the good one yeah. the one that really excites you mm-hmm. there's a plethora of special feelings yeah definitely and I mean yeah I agree it does make you like uh, kind of mental like you're thinking about it all the time yeah and like you have to kind of cut it off well and it's it's a happy feeling too mm-hmm. it's a happy yeah because it's like the fun new thing that you can be into and like you're like yes yeah. like and I'll tell I mean I'll do things like I'll go to sleep and I'll just have it whatever I'm working on just like going through it's ever driving nuts like yeah 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 totally. when you want it to stop yes totally it drives me but nuts when it's, keep, it's more, keeps going, but you mm-hmm. you just can't finish the song. Yeah, that's what's yeah. really the worst. Yeah, and it's like I'm trying to get away from this one now. I was I would I I have I think maybe this is a kind of a thing I might relate to to more more artists uh, in in kind of question form, but in relationship to uh, your songs, like. I know when I'm writing a song, I kind of feel like after the fact that I was trying to write my best friend, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. <clears throat> are, do you, do you, are you, are you writing, uh, in a way to, yeah, acquire? you're definitely, I feel like you're trying, I'm always trying to write the song that I wish that I would have heard when I was like 14 or something mm-hmm. or now even, it doesn't matter what age, I like, like yeah. Yeah, you're trying to write that, like, the best friend that you never had. Or it's like, it's like mm-hmm. an invisible friend, but you get to put actual features onto them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. drawing a picture of, like, a cool guy that you could hang out with. Totally. Like, a cool girl you could hang out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very comforting feeling. Like, I mean, yeah. just, like, how you feel in, like, songwriting. Yeah, it's and nice. at the, and at, It can and drive you crazy, but it is. It's 
yeah, but to like continue that, it's like that also leads me to feel like, well, then I'm the most finicky friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, why aren't you, you just happy with what you have? Can't you just have that best friend? <laughs> yeah, you have actual real flesh and blood friends. What's wrong with him? He was good. Yeah. <laughs> what did he ever do to you? Um, but what? it's like also it's interesting because as a songwriter, it's like I. Are you ever really going to write a song as good as your favorite songs? Like, what's that all, you know? Like, I think so, too. And that's, like, I don't... For me, it's I've gotten to the point where songs are like snowflakes, or they're like people. You have some that are really interesting and some that aren't bad, but they're all pretty much... You can't put that kind of, like, value on them, or else it'll just drive you insane, Mm -hmm. you know? I like Like, that. yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh-huh. What is speaking of driving you insane? Uh, let's talk about struggle. Yeah, where do you struggle? Just well, I don't know if this is the kind of struggle I'm talking about, but like thinking about all these people, like all these different musical heroes you have, and like trying to come to terms with like I'm never gonna be them, or like in my mind be really as good as them. And I'm thinking about like Sam Cooke, the Rolling Stones, like the really big people. And just, that's where I struggle is, like, just accepting that, or, like, just accepting that I'm just going to have to try as hard as I can to, like, do that. You have a face like a Rolling Stone. Totally. And that's, like, I'm, like, pretty good. And that's where, like, I think, like, a lot of the drive that I get comes from just wanting to make sure that at least I'm, like, really, like, if I'm not going to be one of the Beatles, at least Mm -hmm. I'm, like, trying as hard as they were, you know? Because like that's, that. like, yeah. makes it satisfying as, like, an artist and, like, a... Well, know. I think you are. Yeah. For the record. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I think Thanks. you could easily be yeah. in any of mm-hmm. those groups. I think yeah. you're in that category. Yeah. I think you're a Thanks. brilliant artist. That's, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm yeah. stoked to work with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's why I'm stoked to get to know... Mm-hmm. you know what's between your ears yeah as a as a songwriter and, yeah. and i and i i, I empathize yeah. with that feeling totally and that's i think but, it's good to talk about because it is so we aren't we're so not our day jobs and i know mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that are doing shit and it's really like i mean you're like an artist we're like artists and i think people like that word is very i don't like it that much it's very like blah blah blah, blah because yeah. usually people that use it a lot are like, mm, but like, you know, you have to create, you know, yeah, we're like creative people and you have to treat that with like respect. Yeah. I, and which just, is interesting. This is, no, that's an interesting like, topic though, because that's what made me want to do, uh, these conversations with, yeah. with songwriters, uh, in a way was kind of spawned by that night, um, last Saturday, which by the time this airs won't be relevant to anybody, but yeah. like, uh, we were playing a show, and that dude came up, mm-hmm. and the one everybody's oh, worried yeah. about. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, do we have and, to go save Brandon right now? And and he and you know he did an upfront you know mm-hmm. like blast in my face about how yeah. uh, special artists are. Yeah, and he was so self self deprecating about being a carpenter. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, like, no, that's. Mm-hmm. That you're you're needed. Yeah, totally. It's, it's an important role. Yeah, and We're it's just not inherently weird... special. I don't feel. No, not at all. And but also, it's that like people you down like we as artists like you see that like, you want to down like downgrade it so much and be like, oh, it's nothing special. Blah 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 blah. And it's not, but it definitely is a different like it's cut from a different cloth than you know, carpentry. And one of them's not yeah. good or better. Right. But you just have to be able with being okay with like talking about it. And like, yeah. I think to take it seriously and do it as like a job like that, you do have to talk about it more. And for some reason talking about like, you know, painting or songwriting sounds a little more pretentious than talking about building a car. And it's really just that verbal... Except when we're among tears. Yeah. And just, yeah, and it shouldn't be. That's the thing. It shouldn't, and it's not. And that's, like, kind of just being like, yeah, it's fine to yeah, you know, it, get it, into it every once in a while. It just pained me that he considered... Because it's such a classic kind of statement yeah. that, oh, you know, what my day job doesn't really mm-hmm. matter... And you know what it takes? It takes all types to make the world go around. And yeah. I, if he could only know how much we feel that way too, 
Yeah, totally. It's just yeah, or that, have felt that way. Mm-hmm. That we that what we're doing doesn't matter. I mean, like yeah. you said, that's kind of that's your struggle to to yeah. matter. Yeah, totally. Because you know? it's like, and that's why everybody you know you like getting that positive affirmation when you like put out a like record and people are like, it's good. You get yeah. four or five stars. Like yeah. you know, it feels good, and you know that's not the end of the line, but it still affects. It's still nice to have some, you know. Hey, good job. That was good. Yeah, yeah, you like, need it. Good you game. Need it. Like, you need it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Cool. That was awesome. good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was fun. You, you happy? Yeah, definitely. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, that just flew by. That's what I hear. the first podcast I ever did. First podcast interview, conversation, whatever uh, I ever did. You can find links to uh, Nate's music um, in the description section of this podcast as well as on our Twitter page, which has the handle at right behind us, spelled with a W. Go support and make music profitable again so you can hear more from these talented musicians. For pics of our guests, Look at uh, Beatty and the Sheiks on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to our podcast uh, in your app. We have much more coming soon. That's it. Ciao for now. <laughs>